And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must car guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Bertie Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, big show today. Uh, a lot to get to today. I was joined by my good friend Eric Schaefer from Lone Conservative and the Lone Conservative Podcast. Uh, we had a good talk. We talked about the uh, the brewing Nancy Pelosi versus Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Twitter war. And uh, yeah, we, we covered a lot of ground. And we actually continued this conversation on his podcast, uh, The Lone Conservative Podcast. And when you're done listening to this, head on over there and check that out as well if you want to hear the rest of this conversation. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. He, he has a great show over there. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But uh, before I get to Eric, uh, please, guys, follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod, And please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I would really appreciate that. All right, without further ado, here is my chat with Eric Schaefer. All right, guys, we're here with Eric Schaefer from the Lone Conservative Podcast. Eric, it's been a while, man. How have you been doing? Uh, it has been. I haven't posted an episode in a month. i got to be honest, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice getting away from the uh, podcasting world, like having to worry, oh, what, what event am I going to cover today? But the ironic thing is I haven't been I haven't been doing it, but I've probably never been more prepared to do it because, I, you know, I'm working at a MRC TV as an intern this summer and they have me constantly covering current events every single day like it's my job. So I know what I should cover, but then I get home and plop in bed and go to sleep. So I finally know how my parents kind of felt after <laughs> when they had those long work days and they're like, hey, like when I was five, I'm like, dad, play catch with me. And my dad's like, no, I'm way too tired right now. I finally get it. So <laughs> I it's it's been good. Uh, I know we're going to be filming an episode, I think, right after this one, right? So that's going to be fun. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, for, just uh, preemptively, let me just say to the audience, you know, we're doing our show. This will be out, you know, Monday morning. And uh, we immediately after we're done, we're recording this on Sunday night. As soon as we're done with this, we're recording an episode of Eric's podcast. So if you want to hear the continuation of this conversation, you got to hop on over to the Lone Conservative Podcast and check that out as well. So you won't, you know, you really can't get the full effect unless you listen to both back to back. Yeah, but Brady gets the benefit of going first. Uh, I lost the rock, paper, scissors game. So if you don't go to listen to mine after you listen to this one, I will personally hunt each and every single one of your viewers down and uh just annoy them until they listen to mine i was gonna say i don't know if you could beat up my listeners they're a bunch of tough <laughs> tough sons of bitches but you definitely can annoy them you can pester them into listening to the podcast certainly so um <laughs> obviously we have a ton to cover as always you know as somebody that only does two shows a week uh i think to cover everything that needs to be covered you need like a try daily podcast you need like you know 21 episodes a week something like that and obviously we don't do that so um We'll cover as much as we can in a short amount of time. Over the weekend, um, it really reminded me of like the, the 1930s in Europe. Um, the communist Democrats and the socialist Democrats uh, started an all-out war against each other. But instead of like violently killing each other in the streets, it was just over Twitter, which is, you know, I'm glad. You know, let's leave it on Twitter. Let's not 
let you know actual blood flow or anything like that. That would be terrible. But um, <laughs> uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff, who is a communist and uh, the co-founder of the Justice Democrats, which is a, a very fringe communist group, um, he, he went on Twitter and accused Southern Democrats and moderate Democrats of being racist. Um, and in response to that, the House Democrats, so Nancy Pelosi's caucus, uh, their their official Twitter account, the House Democrats' official Twitter account, went straight out, quote tweeted him, and called him out for being racist <laughs> as well. So we have the, the the far left and the not as far but still far left, um, <laughs> and an, in an all-out war right now, accusing each other of being racist. And my goodness, Eric, straight into my veins. This is just wonderful. Well, I want to read these posts off to give people some context. Please so, Sykot Chaknabadi, uh, t- this is a one chief more time, one more time. That, that was a he beautiful t- pronunciation of a ridiculously hard to pronounce name. Just, just for, <laughs> just arts for art for art's sake. Can we just hear that one more time? Sykot Chaknabadi. That is just an uh, he, intense he name. That out, is a doozy of a name. But continue. <laughs> sorry, sorry. He tweets out, uh, "Quote: I think the point still stands. I don't think people." People have to be a, have to be personally racist to enable a racist system, and the same could even be said of the Southern Democrats. I don't believe Sharice is a racist person, but her votes are shown uh, her, her votes are showing her to enable a racist system. And the House Democrats reply, "Who is this guy, and why is he explicitly singling out a Native American <laughs> woman of color? Her name is Congresswoman Davids, not Sharice. She's a phenomenal new member who flipped a red seat blue key, and they they put in the clapping emojis for this last part, which is how you know they're." She- Serious. That's a boomer she shit. Said, uh, a boomer they said, shit. Keep... <laughs> they said, keep your name out of her mouth, or out of your mouth. My bad, you know, I, I'm, I stumble over reading things. So it's it's just beautiful. My whole thing is, I've, I've fluctuated for a little while. Uh, I used to be one of those people who would, like, when I was first converted, converted over to the right, and I listened to Ben Shapiro and Milo again before he went insane, and Stephen Crowder all the time, I got into this really bad habit of calling people who were merely on the left leftists, uh, which I don't think is a proper denotation of all people on the left. I don't think it's even a proper denotation of most of them. But I, I had this this wrong view that I took what Democratic politicians said and equated that to their base. And the thing that I'm finding really amusing about this is when I first was introduced to this whole Justice Democrats saga, uh, the group, by the way, if you don't know what it is, it was founded by originally Chank Week and Kyle Klinsky. Um, but what, I, what I, I didn't know going into this whole thing was just how badly AOC and Justice Democrats and their ilk have kind of misrepresented or, or misread the political landscape. So a Gallup poll, I think two, three months ago, basically said that in a broad poll of the – whoa, my mic fell over, Brady. <laughs> Get that mic under control. I know, right? It's it's just jumping into my lap. It's, it's, it's rogue. very um, – Weinstein Mike, basically. Uh, basically. <laughs> but there was this Gallup poll uh, two or three months ago that – and I find it really interesting – that said 54 to 41 percent of Democrats want the party to move in a more moderate direction. That's insane, right? So we can say a lot of things about how the Democratic Party is moving far, much, far too much to the left and how the Democratic Party seems to be embracing a lot of leftist principles. But the thing is that's – it's not how the base feels. And I've, I've seen like Justice Democrats right now, they're targeting members. I wrote a story about this, or I almost did this week for MRC TV. They are targeting members of the con- 
Congressional Black Caucus. They are targeting moderate members in the South, where you have to be moderate if you ever want to win as a Democrat, just as you kind of have to be a moderate Republican to win in the North. They're targeting these people with radical, I'll, I'll say, democratically socialist candidates. And I only say that so they can't come at me and say, we're not really socialists, just for the sake of our argument for right now. They are. They're, 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 they're pushing. They're socialists, though. They, I know. Yeah. But for the sake of initial argument. Okay. They're, they're pushing democratic socialist candidates in the South, these people who are populists, by the people, for the people. They want real everyday Americans to run for office. It's it's insane to me. And they're they're really misjudging the political culture as it stands right now. Yes, does do the Democratic uh, does the Democratic Party have a, an issue with radicalism as it stands? Yes, but at the same time, you can't think that picking a fight as a freshman representative, no matter how, let's even say AOC for a second is right. She's not, but let's just say for a second she were to be right. No matter how right or righteous you are, you really think it's a smart idea to go in there as a freshman and basically call the Speaker of the House, who has as many political allies as there are drops of water in the ocean, a racist Really? I mean, it's, it's just insane to me how stupid politically these people are. I used to be one of those people, and I know I'm rambling on, but I used to be one of those people who would defend AOC as like, okay, she's practically inept, but politically, look, she's got her own little coalition going, she's kind of politically savvy, she's part, maybe a little politically shrewd, then the Green New Deal came down. I'm like, okay, maybe she's just a regular idiot. And now this? No, she's not just a regular idiot, she's a full-blown, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if she has a brain in her head. I mean, this this is absolutely ridiculous that she thinks she's going to win this battle. Well, you're absolutely right, one. And there's a lot to break down there because you were you were going hard for just a minute there. Like, that was a you know that was intense. But no, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> but there's I agree on several different levels. Go all right, just going back to, just for starters, going back to uh, Sinbad Chernobyl or whatever the hell the guy's name is. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even gonna take a stab at that. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure I was pretty far off with with my guess. But and anyway, it was pretty bad. It, it was pretty, pretty bad. bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, <laughs> admittedly, I wasn't trying, but yes, yes, it was very bad. Like one, they made this, they made their bed, and they need to lay in it now. I mean, it, the, this just in, ladies and gentlemen, calling everybody you don't like racist for absolutely no reason will come back and bite you. <laughs> so the fact that, and I don't feel the least. I don't feel bad at all for the House Democrats, for Nancy Pelosi and, and them, because they've been calling Republicans racist for no reason for decades, right? So it's like I don't mm. like I don't feel bad for them at all that these these far leftists are calling them racist, and then I don't feel bad for the leftists being called racist too because they do the exact same thing. They call everybody racist, so, whatever. They all deserve it. They all deserve each other. They all can just verbally kill each other. That's fine. Not physically. I don't mm. want any of them to actually die, but. They can verbally murder each other. Alex, it's, it's Alex Jones over here. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> look, I mean, look. I watching this unfold. I, I forget if it was like Saturday morning or Friday night when they were just attacking each other on Twitter. I was basically like the bad guy from every James Bond movie. Like, I just had my just my boots on, just my just feet on my coffee table with like one of those glasses of wine with no stem. You know, like a stemless. <laughs> but what like how bad guys will they have like a glass of red wine, but there's like clearly not enough, just a little bit of wine at the bottom of the glass. So they can just swirl it. They're, like, they're just swirling yeah, exactly. it around, and I'm my cat. I'm my cat on my lap, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Call each other racists. <laughs> like none of these people are racists. I mean, they might hate like I don't know. They definitely hate, all hate Jews, but uh, yeah. aside from that, <laughs> you know, none of them hate like black people or anything. Like they're not racists in like the typical what you would call somebody a racist. But I'm like, yes, 
yes, please beat the shit out of each other. This is it was oh just genuinely entertaining. I I loved every second of watching this. And and you're right too that um the overarching point is that the Democrats have misjudged their base. And they they've misjudged the political landscape in general. I mean they think that. I mean, obviously, when Trump mouths off on Twitter, he he says a lot of very unpopular things. So they think he's much more unpopular than he actually is. And therefore, they think the the Republican Party is much more unpopular and conservatism in general is much more unpopular than it really is. And there was a uh, I forget uh, who released it, but there was a uh, internal Democratic poll that came out today that and both parties do their internal polling, you know, among different demographics to see what's going on. And, and this was leaked this morning. So this internal Dem poll among uh, swing voters, swing voters that likely uh, that are likely to vote Democrat, right? So your moderate, independent swing voters that they're trying to target. Yeah. These are the people that that pick presidents, right? It's, it's not the registered Dems or registered Republicans that choose the president. It's these swing voters that lean one way or the other, right? So their internal polling data showed that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a 22 percent approval rating among swing voters. Twenty two. Ilhan Omar, I've, Ilhan Omar, of Minnesota, had a nine percent approval rating among swing voters. I didn't misspeak there. Nine, not nineteen, not twenty-nine. Nine. The bitch can't break <laughs> can't break double digits. It's just it's fantastic. And then socialism in general had an eighteen percent approval rating. So these people have misjudged their base. They've misjudged the American political landscape in 2019 in general. And I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, I I do just want to say, I don't think they all hate Jews, but I think there is a really bad, there's an issue with uh, anti-Semitism in the democratic party and that it's kind of being ingratiated into the fold. But the other thing with the, the AOC saga is I'm not usually one to go on one of those boomer rants where I'm like, does she even have, have a brain like is she brainless but at this point i i don't know it's and like i I don't know in the sense of i think she's been vastly vastly overestimated by the media and i don't just mean like overestimated as i thought she was before i mean that as as why as big as the sahara is vastly overestimated the fact that i don't care how radically i i think this is listen i watch the young turks sometimes just to get a gauge of what's going on 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 the, on the radical left. And during this whole AOC, I only saw a clip, so I'm not going to say I watched their whole show. Maybe they brought up better points. But when I was watching the, you know, Chank Uyghur and whoever uh, or his co-host is, I forget her name, uh, go, they started going off on Nancy Pelosi and defending AOC, uh, especially because Chank started just as Democrats. He's going to defend his ilk. I don't know how he actually feels about AOC, but he seemed to have a lot of confidence in her. The issue here is that they don't get how politics works so the whole thing you know like about the casting call story with aoc right uh no so justice democrats essentially and kyle klinsky has defended this before and i think it's his defense usually kyle is one of the left-wing intellectuals that i actually think is is really smart and he's someone that i'd really be afraid to debate just in in the sense of i may embarrass myself on stage there's i mean i'm still new to politics he's a veteran he knows a lot about a lot of things he's very intelligent intelligent guy. But he responded to Glenn Beck in a video about basically I'll go over the whole situation before I talk about Kyle Flinstein. Basically, from what I've understood, is Justice 
Democrats put up flyers all around AOC's district, and they were trying to go out to find congressional candidates. Because just as Democrats' whole thing is you have to meet certain standards. You have to meet certain ideological standards. You have to meet certain uh, political funding standards. Like you can't be funded by any big political actors. You can't accept big money. You can't accept the money of PACs. You basically have to be an ordinary person, essentially, or someone who aligns with them on a lot of beliefs and isn't a part of what they see as the problem, the, the, the big rich people. And if I'm mis kind of representing them here, then someone point that out. But essentially, Justice Democrats was advertising in AOC's district, and somehow AOC found out about it. It was this was also, I think, in her, her uh, documentary. Somehow AOC found out about it, and basically they did a casting call. They they saw I believe a bunch of people. Maybe it wasn't just maybe, maybe no it was way. just AOC. There's, but there's no, they there's saw no way. this is too. There's no way this this is too too good to be true. There's no way. No, this is this is look up the uh, AOC looking up look up uh, AOC casting call because there are right wing outlets that cover. I'm I looking it up. Thing to, look, like, honest to God, Eric, I've never heard of this before. I'm looking it up right now. But this is yeah, just Glenn Beck essentially it's too, went over it. It's too once. It's too much. It's too. It's too good. But basically, basically they call her in. Bas- the synopsis here is they basically call her in, make sure that he, he, she aligns with them on a lot of her pol- political beliefs, make sure that he they, uh, she meets their standards on funding and shit. Uh, and then that's how they pick their candidate. I, I believe I don't, and I don't know if, how much more there is to it than that. I'm not extremely well versed on the situation, but I know that that is the basic. That that those are the fundamentals of the situation. Justice Democrats essentially had a casting call to choose who they were going to run in that district. And Kyle Klinsky basically defended this, defended this accusation uh, because Glenn Beck brought it up and Kyle Klinsky attacked Glenn Beck. And usually, again, Kyle Klinsky, extremely smart, someone who has well-articulated arguments, even though he's extremely pretentious. But he was like, this wasn't a casting call. And then he went down to describe exactly what a casting call (laughs) is. He was like, we, we, we advertise, he said something like, and again, I don't want to misquote him. I don't want to be mean to Kyle Klinsky because again, I think overall he's an intelligent guy, but I, I, from what I vaguely remember, he said, and you should play this clip on your podcast if you get it. Cause it's not, you can find it on YouTube. It's like, just look up Kyle Klinsky responds to Glenn Beck on casting. Call. I'll tweet it out. I'll but tweet it out right after the show. He up basically there. said, this wasn't a casting call. He said this, we just advertised around her districts. We made sure that we had the same political, be- we called her in <laughs> like when she, or she came in, we made sure that we had the same political beliefs. We made sure that she agreed with us on funding, all that stuff. Like basically they called her in or they had her in, they assessed her, they assessed her political beliefs. They probably assessed how viable she'd be as a congressional candidate. Oh I don't gosh. know if that's as much it. And they assessed what her beliefs, like her stance, this is on get, getting certain funding work. Oh, that is a casting call. I love this. That is a casting call. I love that. I'm looking so, up right now, and Eric Schaefer is 100% correct, by the way. <laughs> that is a, that is, I don't care. Kyle Klinsky, smart guy, <laughs> dumbest defense I've ever heard. That is what a casting call is. Uh, AOC went through a casting call. So she was basically cast by Justice Democrats, and now they're going around. Basically, their whole thing is they want ordinary people. They want to push ordinary people in these elections. So they're doing these sorts, of, I believe they're doing these sorts of casting calls across the country when they push their Democrats up the challenge incumbent Democrats or, or moderates, right? So this is what they're doing across the country. And what they're doing that's wrong is they're, they're coming at it. And it's actually a smart way to go about this. They're pushing these democratic socialists and saying, but these are people. These are real people. They're by the people for the people. They're not by the people for the people. They are a particular person that you are saying is for the people who is actually for your ideology because you perceive that your ideology is for the people. I don't know how I even got started on this tangent, but AOC 
was basically cast and called by Justice Democrats. They're doing this to other congressional candidates. They're doing this to challenge Democratic moderates. Jesus Christ, I can't believe they would. I don't know if Justice Democrats is behind this little attack on Pelosi, but the reason I'm saying these people have no brain, except for uh, 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 whatever the other girl's name is. There's one girl who's like they're, they're calling her the Ringo Star of the quote unquote squad. She's kind of largely stayed out of this, which is intelligent. Oh, yeah, she's the the black girl from Cincinnati. I, yeah, I forget her name. Um, but I, I forget her name. But she's being smart about the whole situation. She's being she she's staying out of it. She's largely staying out of it, which is a good idea. Because this is political suicide. I don't like you. Don't challenge the status. Number one, especially with how the Democratic Party party base stands right now, with how, how even like even though it's only like only quote unquote fifty four percent that want the party to be more, more moderate, that doesn't mean that everyone else in that forty six percent is an extremist. That just means maybe they're slightly more left than these moderate people. Okay, and beyond that, to think that you can challenge. Let's say you do like challenging the Democrats. Could like you are radical, you're a new radical, you could foreseeably challenge the status quo in Congress. To think that you can do that now before you have, you, while you only have four votes, one of which is not standing with you and is just letting this thing play out. So basically three people are challenging the status quo in the Democratic Party. Sure, you're going to get a ton of retweets from the fervent socialists on Twitter, but you're not going to do, you're going to get primaried. The Democratic Party is going to go out of your, their way to primary you. Challenging moderates in the Democratic Party and uh, as uh, and members of the Congressional Black Caucus, as I brought up before, is already risky business. But you're not just doing that. You're expressly challenging the authority of the moderates in the Democratic Party. They're not just going to chastise you. They will obliterate you. AOC is going, I mark my words, AOC is getting a primary challenge. If she doesn't, I will eat my shoe. And honestly, I think whoever challenges her will have a good shot, if for no other reason, the, the Amazon deal, where she drove 25,000 high-paying jobs out of her district. That is just not that is just not a great way to win re-election um, when you're just destroying the job opportunities for your constituents. I don't think people are going to look too kindly upon that. And honest to God, I've never heard of the whole casting call thing um, regarding AOC, but that is hilarious. So she's basically just generic 29 year old communist candidate you know yeah, like it doesn't matter uh, someone that, yeah just and it's just just a brown skinned 29 year old communist that that's what they were looking for doesn't matter if it was her or someone else that is just delicious that is that's well i that's will say fantastic. she's well spoken is she she's is well she? spoken when you don't is she when you eric don't, schaefer when eric you don't, schaefer she, well, well, well when spoken I I, we could when I say mm. when I say well spoken, I don't mean she's intelligent. When I say well spoken, she has that air about her that overall, like if you weren't to know anything, you could you may think like oh she kind of knows what she's talking about. Uh, that kind of well spoken. I mean she's good. She, good at having an air of authority to her voice. She's good at speaking. No, so I, I think they also ooh. probably gauged her on that. I don't know, man. I mean she can kind of speak English, but. <laughs> Well, did you see your move uh, before uh, Congress? They had like this immigration hearing. Oh, with the former uh, ICE director, who? Uh... Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was uh, they had this uh, woman in who illegally immigrated to the United States, and she had a child who died in the detention facility. And AOC basically cried as she was giving her testimony. Oh, gosh. She she's very. That's the thing. Those are the moves. I mean, it's deplorable that you're standing on the grave of a dead child to make your point. But I, I will say those are the moves that get some people to think maybe she's savvier than we think she is. And then all of a sudden, boom, challenges Pelosi, calls her a racist. Boom, Green New Deal. It's like she'll have, mo she'll have shining 
moments of intelligence, of political intelligence, and then she just like bleh, she vomits all over it. Well, there was a, a member I, I forget the gentleman's name, a congressman from New York somewhere, um, who's a, a a black congressman, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, who. Uh, you know, a, a, a ver- not not even I was going to say thinly veiled, but no, it was just a direct threat <laughs> to, to AOC said, hey, look, primary challenges go both ways, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, man, yep. you know, I'm sure there are plenty of Democrats, plenty of far left Democrats. They're not necessarily communists like like AOC. They would be happy to primary her in, in, in her district. And like I said, she drove twenty five thousand high paying jobs out of her district last year. So I, I don't think. I mean, I, I think she she'd be pretty vulnerable to, to a primary challenge. Oh, and by the way, when I went over the Kyle Klinsky stuff, important to note he's no longer with Justice Democrats. I don't know if he said we or not, but I again he outlined that process. Dumb defense, but yeah, my whole thing too is about Justice Democrats. There there are moments when I think that they could be a potentially politically dangerous force, and then I see that they're challenging of all caucuses. One of the most powerful caucuses in in, Cong- in Democratic Congress, the Congressional Black Caucus. Why are you like what? You're hitting too hard. You're hitting too high, too early. What are you doing? Like I, I this is my thing. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that they're failing because I don't want socialism to prevail. But at the same time, like I'm just one of those people that cringes at absolute political stupidity. Like what are you doing? Why would you challenge again Nancy Pelosi? Why are you challenging the Con- Congressional Black Caucus so early? I'm sure there are other vulnerable moderates you can pick off. But no, you're, you're going for the big guns first. I mean, bravo for bravery. I don't know how far that's going to get you. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I mean, you're right. But I, picking off the moderates, like, what are you going to do? Run somebody against Joe Manchin? You're going to primary Joe Manchin in West Virginia? You try to get a communist elected in West Virginia? Like, that's not going to work. So, like, you know, a lot of the Congressional Black Caucus guys are in extremely far left districts. Um, so I don't know, like maybe strategically that could make some sense, but you're right. Like the congressional black caucus is extremely powerful, not in terms of like voting numbers or anything, but they're, they're kind of the golden goose of the democratic party. If you challenge them, you're, you're called racist. So, um, you're, you're really walking into a buzzsaw <laughs> there. Uh, the Democrat, uh, yeah. the justice Democrats are walking into a buzzsaw and also like, People obviously for for people like us, people on the right, Nancy Pelosi is a joke because she is she is a far leftist. She's essentially a socialist herself, and she's been an agent of evil <laughs> for for a very long time. If, you, if you're talking about her advocacy for partial birth abortion for the for several decades, obviously ramming through Obamacare and and destroying half the economy, and, and uh, I mean she's horrible and she's horrible. But she's one of the most influential and powerful and most important legislators of. I mean, not even my lifetime. I was born in 1989. So, like, not even my lifetime. Since the 60s, probably. I mean, she's mm-hmm. literally one of the most influential legislators of the last 60 years. Really. I mean, that, she has had a profound impact on Congress. Usually, not in a good way. <laughs> I mean, she's had a very negative impact. But she's extremely powerful. She's the best fundraiser in politics on either side of the aisle. Maybe short of President Trump. You know, that's yet to be seen. But she is extremely powerful. So, yeah, you're right. The Justice Democrats, they're out there. They're picking a fight with the two biggest dudes on the playground, <laughs> which is just not—see, I, I was always a little kid. I was I was very small when I was growing up. So I knew not to pick a fight with the, the biggest bullies in the playground because I didn't want to get knocked out. And the Justice Democrats have done that with the, black, the Congressional Black Caucus and with Nancy Pelosi, just not smart tactically. 
Yep. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I think we can kind of move on from the subject because I, I really don't think there's that much to say more on it than uh, my whole thing is I think talking like I know I talked to you about kind of discussing this a little bit and I know we disagree on this topic. I don't know how fervently, but my whole thing is I think the right needs to stop talking about AOC so much. And I'm kind of hypocritical in this sense because like if you look at some of my articles in MRC TV, like they – I had I – I didn't want to do this, <laughs> but like I wrote, I wrote an article on um, like mini AOC, right? I uh, I wrote an article, I've written articles on AOC before, so I'm guilty of the same thing. But I'm I'm coming to the conclusion at this point that I don't want to give AOC the Trump effect, right? Because the media talked about Trump so 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 much, in the sense that they were saying at first they were kind of giving him free charitable publicity, like Morning Joe, how he at first supported Trump, but then they were giving him free publicity in the sense that oh this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about, especially when Trump would say stupid things. They'd be like, oh, look at how dumb this guy is. He's such a dummy. He's so dumb. Oh, my God. And that gave that made people resonate with Trump, because even if like you didn't agree with what he was saying, I mean, I was guilty of this for a brief time in high school. Even if you didn't agree with what he was saying, which I, I, I don't think I, I largely did, you felt the need to defend him because you see everyone going after him. So you were kind of forced into a camp where you had to had to defend him or support him on certain issues. And it takes a lot of political maturity to outgrow that, but I don't think the American voter has a lot of that. So my whole thing is, sure, the going after AOC all the time, we give her so much attention because the media gives her so much positive attention. And when people see that contrasted with the right just basically going after every single stupid tweet that she does, I mean, to me, it, it just seems as if we're creating a Trump effect for someone far more stupid and far more dangerous than Donald Trump. I, I think it would be beneficial if we didn't cover her as much as we did. Now, if she's talking about genuine policy to which she has an influence on, fine. Like, I accept that. I'm not saying cut her out of the news entirely, cut her out of right-wing media entirely. But I, I don't think we have to be writing, because I'm sorry, Brady, I've, I've seen a lot of it. I don't think we need to be writing so so many clickbaity, oh, AOC says something incredibly stupid yet again articles. I think that only harms us. So my, my whole thing is, like, on the Justice Democrats issue, yes, this is a pertinent thing to talk about, and this isn't an example of one of those times. But I think... Part of the reason AOC has come to rise as much as she has is that the right has given her some form of legitimacy because we feel the need to call her out all the time. When, as you said, only like what, 22 percent of swing voters agree with her. Most of those are probably Bernie bros who are Democrat in everything but name. Right, right. I, I mean, it, I just I don't I don't see the need to do it as much as we do. I know I agree with you 100. Uh, percent uh, Just to play devil's advocate, so we can have the conversation. <laughs> I would say the only, you know, the only way somebody could disagree with your premise is is saying that obviously her ideology is evil. Uh, obviously, socialism mm. is the great evil of the modern world. It's caused the you know the slaughter of anywhere between 110 and 150 million people, the largest genocide in human history, the largest genocide in terms of population percentage since Genghis Khan you know, killed something like 15 times more more human beings than Hitler, you know, that kind of stuff. So, like, you know, like, when somebody is espousing socialism or, or communism and trying to, to promote those evil, satanic, demonic ideologies, you know, we should oppose them at, at every pass. So, like, that is the, you know, the counter-argument, well, I, I guess, suppose. but like, then if I'd, somebody's promoting I'd socialism, where they were. Down, right? Yeah, I'd ask where they were for a lot of Bernie Sanders' career. I mean, you didn't see nearly this many headlines about Bernie Sanders, and the media talked about him a bunch in the 2016 
in elections. And you didn't see like after every single stupid Bernie Sanders tweets. I mean, I, I know it existed. I just didn't see it to the extent of AOC where they'd go, Bernie Sanders says yet another stupid thing. And by the way, by the way, Bernie, even though I don't think he's going to win that primary, he still has a fiercely loyal base. And the reason for that is because they feel Bernie's under attack from every direction. AOC is far more personable than Bernie. I mean, she is very good at so using social media, regardless of what I think about her intelligence. Uh, this, I don't think this is a fight, not even a fight. I don't think this is, this is a trend we necessarily want to, uh, to start. That, that's just, that's my whole thing. And I know that oh, communism and socialism are evil, and, but I, I, I think admitting that an ideology is evil doesn't necessarily mean that at every single pass, on every single tweet, on every single issue, you have to call AOC a dunce. Because then you're just going to make her look more and more like a victim. She's very good at portraying herself, especially as a victim. Uh, let the media just continue their rosy-eyed coverage of her. Uh, it, well, and also because it, it allows the media to, to defend her. Like, the media just feels obligated as well to defend her. I mean, you've seen that in no other – like, the Trump effect in no other better place than in the media, where they feel obligated to defend her every time she says something stupid. But I, I think you, you can just allow her to talk herself to death, uh, in, in, politically to death, where just let her – keep saying stupid stuff let the media keep covering it positively and i do i do genuinely have enough faith in the average american person to hear something totally inept while the media is saying wow how brave so beautiful what is this this is amazing and say that doesn't what <laughs> I, I i mean and again you can see that especially when she only has like 22 percent of support i don't think the, I, i'm sorry i think new media has a lot of influence but i don't think it has that much influence i think a lot i think american voters uh do have a general distaste taste for socialism and communism and i think it's showing itself especially in this justice democrats versus moderate fight no i mean i i 100 agree with you i was i was just playing devil's advocate but uh yeah oh yeah, yeah I, I mean I, I totally agree i mean you know maybe throw some dirt on this fire instead of uh you know gasoline on the fire that i think that could go a long way um look i, I mean I, I cover the news and so do you on your show so like if if there is major news involving AOC. We have to talk about it. They can't just ignore it. But no, I agree. Like, you know, us in conservative media probably do give her way more attention than she deserves. Obviously, she's just an imbecile. I mean, she's this, you know, <laughs> this simpleton, you know, communist bartender. You know what I mean? That we've elevated to. You know, at least the left is elevated to the position of thought leader in their movement, which is, you know, yikes. But no, no, I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I I agree with you. Um. I think that's all all I had for today. Any, anything else on your mind before we wrap it up, Eric? Um, Brady Leonard is a dangerous individual that should be locked up. Let's discuss. I agree, uh, but uh, <laughs> fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Anyway, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, follow Eric uh, on Twitter at Real Eric Schaefer. Uh, check out his podcast, Alone Conservative Podcast, on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Um, we're actually going to continue this conversation in just a second on his podcast. So uh, once you listen to this, uh, go right over to Lone Conservative and check out his podcast as well. Um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I think that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Uh -huh.